You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're about to listen to an interview which our socios enjoyed in full 12 months ago. If you'd like to listen to these exclusive monthly big interviews on the day that they're released, it's time to join us. That means supporting us. It means the price of a pint per month. Go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Graham Hunter. Go now, join and become a socio. That means you'll get that extra big interview every month. And you'll also unlock our entire archive straight away. All for £2.99 a month. It's the best deal in town, baby. And we need you. Nevin was a unique footballer and is now a thoughtful, reflective, fun media commentator. He's also a music obsessive, so you can guess it was only a matter of time until he joined us as a guest on the big interview. We spent a brilliant couple of hours in Pat's company covering a great deal. Why John Terry is misunderstood, in certain senses at least. How good Eden Hazard can become, why he hasn't already. Why the Irish sports media is on another level altogether. John Peel gets more than a mention, deservedly as does Pat's passion for DJing. This interview was recorded in the function room of an outstanding Edinburgh pub. Thanks to Sean and all the staff of the St Andrews Brewing Company at a house in Broughton Street Lane in Edinburgh, which set the perfect indie tone for a memorable big interview. Sometimes when I hear you talk about Eden Hazard, which is generically a similar subject to this. You talk about ability, movement, intelligence, pitch management, and size. It's at least generically similar. I've I've heard mixed with the admiration a critical tone. Yeah, where you think if that was me now, or if no, I was not, teaching no, him, not me, no, I was teaching him. I could teach him things that could elevate him in terms of his yeah. efficacy or two things just two things um, first thing first of all I'm not just a million times better player than I ever was uncomfortable and happy and delighted to see it power stuff that he's got is amazing his speed on the ball movement of the ball is amazing but I want him I think he has got the capability to be the best player in the world but for quite a long time he's not been the best no, player in the world no. and I'm looking at him going head in come on don't do that like the phrase people used to always say he gets filled more than everywhere in it, anyone else and I'm thinking don't 
get filled more you think than he's it. got a culpability in that he did have for a while yeah and the reason being is if you get, get the ball and you get it too deep wasn't his fault all the time for being too deep because of some of the styles he's playing but if you, if you stop and you turn away I'll hit you I'll get you and you won't get booked for it because it's just a wee nudge if you get the ball first time and move directly at pace you still may catch me but you'll get booked and you won't do it again it's how, how uncomplicated is that and I'm watching Eden quite a few years ago going don't do that don't, just turn and move and go you don't actually need to think you will think quicker than them once you're moving because you are quicker and better than them mm-hmm. so it's not it's a it's a funny thing a manager used to say to me many years ago as a kid boys club football he slaughtered me every single week every he made my life a misery he bawled and shouted and screamed worse than anyone I'd ever come across to times that I just wanted to walk away and not play and at the end of the season uh, I get player of the season what's that all about he goes oh I only shouted good players what your mile's the best so I want to get the best out of you so I'm trying to get the best out of you so when I, if you see me say something about Eden Hazard it's, it's purely because he is the best and he can be better I think this year he's shown it so that's one side of it so do that and move and I don't know if you don't want to go there but you are a European champion and, and for a nation like ours that's quite a that's quite a big boast mm-hmm. given that um We've never done it before or since, and then apart from the little flurry of publicity around it, everybody seemed to have forgotten it. Whereas mm-hmm. it's an extraordinary um, achievement. And you also went there thinking there was no point, in, well, you we weren't going to win, so you'd definitely be back for your exams in time. I was back, yeah. I got, flew back. The, the game played that night. We flew back in the morning, early morning flight, and I was in time for the exam in the afternoon. The game being the, against Czechs yeah, we, in the we, final. Yeah, we beat them 3-1. Um, and you were the player of the tournament it was the thing that I was trying to get at in terms yeah. you did things that stood out so much that you were voted player of the tournament and the only European tournament Scotland's a nation has ever won well okay maybe part of uh, the reason why I, would, I don't go on about it that much other than in a self-deprecating way is because if you play that tournament well you might have noticed that Marco van Basten also played in that tournament and he did a wee bit better than me so maybe I underperformed from then on in. So maybe that's a, mm. another way of looking at it. I should have done a sure bit better. Sure Try another one. Try another. Here's another. I'm, I'm trying to take you away from it slightly because uh, it was that. lovely and it was really nice. I was slightly more concerned about the exam the next day. I hadn't even decided if I wanted to be a footballer. In fact, I wasn't. I was just doing it for the love of it. So Chelsea had tried to buy me and I said no. So I stayed another year at Clyde, being and. I hadn't told the girl I was going out with that I was playing football, which was a bit of a mistake because it was in the back page headlines and pictures. So that you were playing football in Finland. And Finland, I was I was only studying, <laughs> which was maybe not a great idea. Studying Finnish and tactics. Uh, so, you know, a lot of those things, but I thought it was something else recently. Again, I want to take this somewhere else, but you'll understand why. Um, I was talking to somebody else about Cruyff the other day and the argument that is he the most important person in football in the last hundred years right probably you right so and I would agree right and lots of people and it's a great argument and I may well have heard it first from you right but I remember thinking absolutely because of what he's done and the, the effect and everything if you you don't need somebody to say to me the other day you ever play against Crowe or any of his teams and I think, you don't actually need to play against one of his teams he's managing you need to play against the people he's Manipulated, and then you understand what it was kind of about, and he completely and utterly changed everything, which made me think back to, so where did it start with Cruyff? 
Ajax, champions. Look three years before that, who were the champions of Europe? Who were 67 Celtic, Celtic. 70 Celtic European Cup final. Feinerd. Rangers yeah. were in... 72 in Camp Nou. We, we were there. Mm-hmm. And they were there. Mm-hmm. Look what happened. <laughs> they went there and we didn't. Yeah. Now, we've got... The populations are not massively different. No. But we... Our growth was stunted. Our growth became stunted for a reason. Now, it's quite a long... It's a big, big look back. And it may well be because of one guy. Michels, as you know, and then Cruyff and all the rest of it. But we we never stood forward. We never went forward to the level we should have done. Now, that's me saying to you, well, we won that European Youth thing. Great. But we never won anything after it. So they're not great. Not great at all. And there is that always that bit in you that if you are... You can do it for the love of it, be quite like one and two and maximising your potential as ever. Did we? Probably not. And we should have done. Now, was it those players or was it the coaching? Was it, it could be a multitude of things, which I couldn't tell you. Did we not have the one leader we needed and a Cruyff or whatever who adapted it? I don't know. And maybe you just needed the luck at the time. It's so happened in this series, Pat, that Walter Smith, one of our guests, referred back to Andy Roxburgh saying at the time. And I, I, I had... I would have to admit I had pretty mixed feelings about the dealings I've had with Andy Roxburgh over the years but Walter was crystal clear in saying that at that very time that you guys were winning that tournament he was loudly warning in the SFA we're screwing things up Mm -hmm. the chain of talent the chain of winning mentality is is ending and and that is quite far-sighted to be saying at a time when it looks that everything is golden yeah no he, he was absolutely right um, Andy, they used to call me Andy's son a lot of the time. Andy was so great with me. He used to make these videos and, of skills and things, like, and I was always the guy who was doing them all, showing them all. And Andy loved the concept of street football and the skill side of it, and he really tried to promote as much as possible and give me lots of opportunities. But I always used to think that when it came to the, the big games, we'd go defensive. Mm. I, thought, I remember the particular game we played, uh, Euro 92, you might remember. The Dutch, we played against the Dutch now, to be fair, they had not a bad team in Rijkaard and Hullet and Van Basten. Was it Van Basten? Uh, anyway, they had a brilliant team. Completely fair. And they beat us one now, but we were incredibly defensive. And I remember think, sitting on the bench thinking, why don't we just have a go at them? Why don't we just have a go? And then the next game we played Germany. And again, we were kind of defensive. And Rox, Andy was the manager, I'm thinking... We're pretty good. Just let us go, mm. you know. And I was like, and thinking, well, they're the manager. They must know. They, you know. Anyway, two 0 down at half time. Roxy comes in and goes, right, just go. Just let us. Let just went go. We battered them. We absolutely battered them. We couldn't get a goal, but we destroyed that German team. And then we then the next game, we just said, yeah, go for it again, and we beat CIS three three. And you thought. We didn't do that often yeah. enough. So, Andy, yes, ideas in the right place. Mm. Seen a lot of things and knew a lot of things that were going to happen. And I have massive admiration and great friendship with him as well. But there was always one we were in Britain the same because Craig brought me in to, to Clyde when I was a kid. But I always thought, for all your vision, let us go for them. You let have to go. have big bollocks. You have to. Yeah. And you talked about how, how often, how rarely. People trusted you to play in between the lines or just say, yeah, 
I trust your intelligence and your ability to do something. No, just mine. There was other players. I know. Claire's and... I know we're talking generically. Um, In a recent... um, interview that we had in this series we sat down with Julian Lescott and I want to throw some one of his ideas at you he um, he was he, his acknowledgement of what music is to him mm-hmm. is much more tentative but it's just as passionate mm-hmm. and he said something that was like almost an antidote so many times you talk to top footballers who are like there's a chasm now between what I was doing and where I might be going and I'm a little bit lost and he talked about the power of music when he DJs he said, when I put a song on in whatever format, dance. Mm. It's the closest thing to the sensation of winning a match, scoring a goal, lifting a trophy. And it was like quite therapeutic to him. It was like, oh, look, what, what's the feeling like? Because I, if, if people don't know you or mm. simply listen to you talking about music, you, they might be led to think that the only joy, the, the biggest joy, is actually you hearing your own music because mm. you play it as a DJ at Scared to Dance or whatever it might be. Yeah. Well, what's the feeling like when people move to the beat? So, so, so surprising seeing people know me as a Joy Division fan. <laughs> Actually moving to the beat with some of Joy Division songs. No, I've got... I play a lot of new music as well. Um, but in actual fact, it's not that n- nothing like Julian's reaction to it. It's much more peely kind of reaction. It's a, hey, I love this. I want to share this. That's it. It's not, it's that, that's it. It's not more... If you happen to be dancing, it's good. Somebody was a girl come up... Um, I was dancing, uh, DJing last time down in uh, Dalston and uh, she said I said uh, she asked for something and I said uh, I've not got that but I've got something else by that. I'll play that next because it would fit in with where I was going and uh, she goes look at that they're up in the stage they're all they're dancing they're going mad you're doing that and I went no I'm not it's the music <laughs> it's not me it's just it's the music I didn't make the music I just put it there on that so I, there wasn't it wasn't that personal for me I do it to share the music mm-hmm. um, help out I'm, I probably do one in ten gigs that must so I've not got time to do it all the time um, but if it's nice people I meet nice people <laughs> it's a good reason for anything great that's it it's not more complicated the, you may notice that nothing of it has got to do with fame nothing of it has got to do with celebrity absolutely antithesis if I'm ever asked to do a bigger one, I tend to turn it down. <laughs> unless it was enjoyable. Unless yeah, unless it was a, a bowly one. The bowly one was great. A few years back, that was fabulous. It was, uh, um, a lot of bands that I like, like Bill and Sebastian and Franz Ferdinand. And it was a tribute. Oh, bully, no, bully was... Uh, it's, Bill and Sebastian put on a, a kind of thing, one of the Butlins camps. Oh, wow. So they'd, and they just all, all these bands, yeah, they've done it a couple of times, called it Bowley, called it Bowley Haircuts. And a lot of the bands that you liked were, were, were playing, but they needed someone, they needed a DJ at the end of it. And so I was asked to do DJ the last night, so I went with my mate Tam, and I DJed that last night. It was absolutely brilliant. The best part of it, so it was all kind of like minded, into these sort of bands, kind of people together. But anytime, and everyone came in. There was three different DJs in three different halls, but everyone came in when I was doing. Mostly, I think, because the bands had come into mine to dance. But every time one of the guys, let's like, say, for Franz Ferdinand went up, I put a Franz Ferdinand track on, and they ran off again. Um, it was just brilliant, brilliant fun doing that. So those, that's a slightly bigger one um, that I would, I would do now and again. But 
Yeah, you can just do it for the fun of it, just sharing music. You, we mentioned somebody at the beginning of the ride that I started at the idiot that I am. As you say, some people won't have heard of because it's now a while since John Peel died. Yeah. Um, he also wasn't, you know, by definition, he wasn't necessarily to everybody's taste. Yeah. And he challenged you. Mm-hmm. you. You know, you talked about wanting to share and educate, whatever. It wasn't always an easy listen to Peel because he was always, maybe a little bit like I felt about Joe Strummer, he was always out there trying to find out what might be new, what do I like, and. Tell people a little bit. Well, to one, tell people a little bit about being close to John Peel. What kind of man he was? Well, first of all, it's, it's an edu- it was an education mm. listening to Peel show. So I mean, I, you'd wish, I'd always tape the shows, then listen to the headphones yeah. the next day, and, or you know, and I'd listen to them live. But then the next day, to give you a chance to hear a song two or three times, and it, you might listen to the whole show and like three songs. That was okay. That was enough. Because those three songs would be brilliant and would be totally different, would be fabulous, and you would learn something as well. Um, getting to know him was extraordinary because I'm, I'm not much a hero worshipper, really. Um, I admire people. There's people who I admire who have no interest in meeting. Mm-hmm. You know, I like their skill, I like their talent, I like some things and things they say. But Peely was different. He was like because he felt you met, you'd like to meet him, so I decided I wanted to meet him. So I was writing for Chelsea. Newspaper, British News, uh, music hall. Uh, it was, I think it was 19 or 20 at the time. And I s- interviewed John. I wanted to interview John. He said no first, and then I wrote the letter, and he said, no, My team, Chelsea, are playing, your team, Liverpool, and I'm playing. And he went, All ah, right, so it's you. Okay. So he came, we came along, we met, and we got on just really well, and as he would with anyone. Phenomenally shy. I mean, really painfully, painfully shy most of the time. To the point where he couldn't really look at you a lot of the time. He'd look away until you really got to know you. Um, and that was a, a kind of joy to see that he was doing it for the pure love of it as well. So it wasn't an act. It wasn't fake. It was he did the music because he loved it and he loved learning. He loved sharing. And this is exactly those of us who were into that felt. So complete kindred spirit. Um, there were so many lovely nights like going for curries after shows I'd go on the show with him sometimes but he'd never told anyone I'd be sitting in and we'd be writing down the names of the, the, the band the album the label so they could get their 50p or 10p or I think it was like 10p or whatever it is at the time for being played live on the radio um, and there was a great bunch of people there just and all kind of students and just you you would you use a different word now what do you use what's the word you use now for people who work for nothing uh, interns interns you call it interns but it wasn't like that. But he'd spent a lot of time in America in the early 60s and in terms of concept there. Yeah, well, he didn't ask them in, they'd just come in. <laughs> <laughs> so, and they, were great, and they were a great bunch, and they're still, some of them are still great friends of mine. To, to Mark Ratcliffe worked there, and, and John, whose producer died, I think maybe even before yeah. John, uh, I forget, John Walters. Yeah, Walters was always there as well. I bet Walters was paid part of it. Brilliant, interesting bunch of people. You learn so much. Disagreed sometimes, lots of things. Yeah. That's fine. He uh, once he fell out with me once, really quite badly, because if I found out I was going out with a girl, he was unimpressed by me going out with her. Um, but it was it was a bit of a laugh. Don't go there. Um, and then there was another one, um, which was brilliant. We um, I phoned him up, went to Everton, we got to the cup final, and I phoned him up and said. Well, do you want to come along? Because you get 20 tickets. And I was going with my family and best friends. So I said, just you and uh, Sheila want to come? And I went, oh, yeah, definitely. Of course, John turns up bedecked and red, head to foot for Everton playing, you know. 
I mean, which was lovely. It was good in those, well, it was a sad day as well, because the, the, the hills were a year. Um, but the, the last time was, the last time I was seen was one of the most fabulous times. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I've already said before we taped that you really impacted me when you talked about um, your need to be at his birthday party that year. Yeah, no, it was an extraordinary thing. It's, 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 I can't explain that. Yeah. And it's not an act. It's not my, my wife will tell you exactly what happened. He, she phoned and said, do you want to come to the party? It's, he had a pa- big party every five years. Um, and I said, yeah, I'll be there. And I went off the phone. My wife said, you're, you've organised this golf tournament. You're doing this charity on the Saturday and the Sunday. And you've just said you're going to a party in Suffolk <laughs> on Saturday night. And I yeah, I'm going to be there. I have to be there. And she went, don't be stupid. And I said, well, no, I have to be there. I'm not minted. I'm not I'm not going to flash. But if I need to hire a plane, I'm going to get there. It, it went, was that intense. That yeah, need I to just be there. Want, needed to be there. Now, I quite fancy going anyway, but I'd missed plenty. Of, I'd been asked times before yeah. and I hadn't gone. Yeah. You know, I couldn't make it. I was busy. I was working. So anyway, I organised it. And so I could organise it that I could play the game of golf and finish about you know, one o'clock, uh, be first off, get to the airport, fly to Stansted, have a car waiting for me. The car would... By the it was a BA plane, it wasn't at this point. Flew up, got, got the driver to drive me across, got there in time, eight o'clock. John was there, everybody was there that I think I'd wanted to meet. The band that was playing was Cameron Scourm, and Scourm, my favourite band at the time. Um, met the most fabulous people. John was in the best form I've ever known him in his entire life. He was the nervousness wasn't there. Of course, he was at home. It was at Peel Acres, and then uh, twelve o'clock, I jumped in the cab, which was still waiting. Drove back, two or three hours sleep, six a.m. flight. I was on the tee at nine o'clock. Tea, no, no one any the wiser, and uh, and I just thought 
it was a brilliant brown time brown night and it was just so joyous and then John was dead weeks later weeks later he'd gone over to Peru had a heart attack and died and it was and the, the, we've talked about this before but I mean how many people affect you when, when I, I had to I, I had to when it came on I heard it in the news it came on no it didn't Paget, my friend mm. who was one of the people we'd sit in with she texted me and she said John's gone and I didn't she just said John's gone mm. I didn't need any I didn't it could have been anything at all but I just knew it was from P and I went and my wife was like so what's wrong I went just have to go mm. and just walked out of the house jumped out of the car and drove away and I was just couldn't cope couldn't get my head around it I was so upset and and it was and it wasn't because it was it, it wasn't actually because it was a friend it wasn't that it's because it was John Peel mm. it's, it's a strange thing to say it's because it was so important if what he'd done for me people like me giving us a belief in what to yeah. be different yeah Pat Nevin Bet365 who love us and sponsor us have said to us that they need to know from you what's the greatest goal you ever scored ah cool I never think of it in those terms um Remember going out. Right, okay, best one. Often said by Clyde supporters. Went for Clyde against ooh, somebody, Stenhouse Muir, couldn't be something like that. No, maybe no, it was Aloha. I was my second season there. It was icy. It was rock hard. I hadn't played well because it's not my conditions. And it was really horrible, rutted ground. And with ten minutes to go, I was beginning to get really infuriated because I knew that Celtic manager Billy McNeil had come to see me playing. And I thought, I've got to do something. So I got the ball out wide and went in a total mazy. <laughs> took it through. And many Clyde fans tell me it was every player in their team, but it was quite a lot of players, including the goalkeeper, stopped on the line and then back heeled it in. <laughs> and ran up towards the halfway line to look up where Billy was. Gone. He <laughs> <laughs> never saw it. And that was probably, yeah, it's probably the best. It's, and the, one of the great things about it, it was, uh, it was never on camera, so... I can lie about it and say it was better than it was. Who's the best footballer Bet365 want to know? The best footballer that you've ever played alongside? Uh, I change the answer to this all the time. I've been asked this quite a few times. I mean, lucky me, I played with Kenny uh, in Scotland, which is a strange thing to, to watch somebody growing up and then play alongside. So Kenny was fabulous. Um, I mentioned a very short time Peter Bearsley. It was, was one of those players that would walk into one of the great, any of the great teams now. Um, but the one I often use is, is one because it, because it would have been the best player. So it's a bit like me and my favourite bands. They would have been the greatest. <laughs> um, but Norman Whiteside, when I was at Everton, and I played with him for two years. And you, you have to play with somebody and then you realise, oh my God, I've not seen you giving the ball away yet. And I've been playing with you for two years <laughs> in games and training. And nobody get the ball off you either. And I'm thinking... That's just wow. You couldn't tackle him, his body position was very, very strong, man, also. Unbelievably strong. Slow, everyone to it said. And then he told me one day why he was. It's because uh, he had an operation when he was 17 that went wrong, which was a very. By the way, I'm not telling you your job, do Norman. Fabulous. Wonderful. Fabulous. Wonderful. I mean, totally unexpected, right? Okay. But uh, Norman apparently was a sprinter to top level before that. In Ireland when he was a kid, so he had that as well. So you put him in centre back, centre midfield, centre forward. He'd have been one of the best players, if not the best player in your team. And everybody that played with him, like yeah, Strachan and people like that, they always say 
he would have been the greatest. He would have been one of the best you've ever seen. Oh. But by the time he was 23, he'd gone. The knee had gone. He was playing in one leg, and he still scored. I think it was nearly 20 goals that season. One leg. The guy is totally misunderstood. Hugely intelligent. We've talked it right at the start about John Terry yeah. about people who are misrepresented. And yeah. Totally and utterly. He is even more so than JT. <laughs> That's one of the most striking and convincing answers yeah. we've ever had on this series, ever, seriously. Have a go on, honestly. And because, you know, Norman clearly, you know, when you see him coming through in the World Cup, that meant so much to me because it's where I went and discovered the world. He's, He's 16. 16. <laughs> and beating Spain with Northern Ireland, playing yeah. with a team of men, playing on a 10-man team because Maldonado, he sent off and holding his own then and I hadn't extrapolated that maybe several years later he may still be that if good you, I'm not going to tell you the story of the injury one day ask okay. him I'm not going to steal your question right but one of the questions people often ask what's the most important moment in your career and my important moment has never ever changed it was early days first season at Chelsea and uh, I used to walk home after a game lift up Nell's coat and I walked out and I played well and I scored again and I, was, <laughs> I walked out and as I walked up the road this old guy just walked in beside me. Because you're never, aren't you? Yes, yes, yes. Come out to see you play today. Um, I don't get out much anymore. Um, I really wanted to see you play here. You're a talented player. And like, you, you entertained me today. It was great. And I went, oh, great. And I went to speak to him and he just walked away. And I thought, that's why I play football. Yeah. That is utterly and completely why I play football. Because he's come out. He, and I, 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 I've told a million stories maybe he was on his own he'd lost his wife or whatever yeah. but I got him out he'd done that he'd, he'd had that time that moment and I'd helped give him it and I thought don't get any better than that I and said, it stayed with you all this I, time and it always made I never really had to I always give 100% of you I'm really really hard working guy in, in my football games is always 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 hard working for the entirety of each game um, and wouldn't be because my dad never missed many games because he always came to all games but even without my dad as long as I knew that guy yeah. or somebody other guy that I'll never meet gets that moment so you don't know about this podcast you don't know who might touch that you say something about somebody I believe, that. I believe that and it is there and it's a lovely moment when it happens and you, it comes back to you and you think that's lovely and it's not selfish it's just a great share last one from our lovely sponsors Bet365 and it's a good one will Chelsea win the title during Maurizio Sarri's time at the club and are you enjoying the brand of football? Right. Number one you either expect a yes or a no there and you're going to get the weirdest answer don't care absolutely don't care because it's so lovely to watch and it's so enjoyable to watch um, I want them to be successful with my team you know Hibs is my team in Scotland now Chelsea is my team in England um, but the way they're playing is so joyous it's so lovely to watch um, I was at a game recently and uh, Liverpool scored a late equaliser. Great goal, Sturridge, fantastic. And in times gone by, I would have walked out there because I was doing it and I'd have got <laughs> anger, fury. The place was buzzing. Yeah. The fans were like, oh, it wasn't that great. You've massive rivals in Liverpool. Yeah. An ex-player goes and smacks one in the top corner in the last couple of minutes. Yeah. And you, you'd expect... Should be all tribal and angry and uh, no, robbed. not there. How can you change an entire ethos of a club in seven weeks, which is what he's done? But it's extraordinary. It's absolutely extreme. That's to take nothing away what Josie done before and what Antonio done before. He has changed the concept. For, 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 you, 
so you're talking in, in f- footballistically, but mm. also for a foreigner who's mm. never worked in England before with a disparate group of players, some of whom were disaffected. Yeah. So just in any work situation, to bring all those difficult elements together and to be producing some sort of symphony of football, because it's, it's beautiful. I'm, 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 I'm really enjoying trying to analyse why yeah. at the moment. And it's, it's been really good. I found out, because immediately you say, oh, the first game they play against Man City, and you think, all right, there's your problem there. Jorginho gets caught in the ball, you stop him, then it's all dead. And then you watch, well, Jorginho wouldn't have done that well for that long had he only had one trick in his book. <laughs> and then you watch him a bit more, and you see that when they do one thing, he adapts it to do something else. And then you start thinking, oh, my goodness, mm-hmm. how many players, and I'd ask this of you, Many players can control a game that you've ever seen to the level he does. Now, there's very, very few that I can remember. Now, Iniesta, I think, can, could, mm. clearly. Mm. Um, you, Pirlo, mm. Pirlo, obviously, could do that, mm. control the tempo. And the but how many, really, can control an entire game? No. But he does. Extremely few. He does. And it's an extraordinary thing. Stan had moments, Redondo had moments to the level mm. you're talking about, maybe not so often, but. And you're also only talking about the ultra elite. Yeah, and to, and to do it in the Premier League, and to do it in a different style, and to do it so quickly, and it might not last for I don't know. No, but I've not seen. It's, I'm very impressed by that. I love the fact. That, and by the way, didn't know how good Kovacic was either. <laughs> yeah, good. it's been. He's been. Yeah, but you, they, 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 um, Escondido. They, they, they hid him away from you because mm-hmm. when he, when he moved from Inter, and when he was at Real Madrid the first time, you could see. The one, although he was played in an organising, defending role at Madrid, what he came as was somebody who really loved the movement between the middle of midfield and the and the attacking yeah. phase in the box, and he had it. And they kind of just squeezed the juice out of him, the life out of him, gave him the wrong amount of time at the wrong times. Mm-hmm. But you knew one, given his love of the ball and moving it, and also because Croats are usually pretty robust people. Mm-hmm. I knew there was something coming back because I, I think he was going to rediscover his enjoyment of being a, a top quality football again. Well, I'm sure you'll look out for it, but there was a, done a technical thing the game we watched about three weeks ago. And it's very different from those we were talking about before. You know, the ones like Silva's matter and that. Mm. Um, but Sesk was playing in that central Jorginho role, and he was doing his version of it, which is very mm. different from Jorginho. Mm. Sesk, fabulous, beautiful player, mm-hmm. one of the best passes I've ever seen of a ball, but. He wasn't developing the space in the same way. But Kovacic was playing. And there was a moment where they were getting the ball from the back. And Kovacic did something, a bit of movement to get the ball, moved it again, and moved away. And the, the, the whole thing just opened up. And I, I sure I spotted Seth turn around and go, Was that how you do it? <laughs> and for Seth to do that. Yeah. For considering that's how, that's uh, that is some level, yeah, yeah. and for him to buy into it as much as he is, so in short, don't care. I'd like them to win it, but I don't care. I love watching them at the moment. Well, I'm going to be a little bit cheesy here and saying, Pat Nevin. Not only has this been a real joy, as much as I mean, my heart is bigger than it was when I came in because <laughs> we've talked about things yeah. that matter and that are joyful. And, and don't lean across and punch me now. You're not a violent yeah. man. But, We've been picking apart the blues. So now, why don't we close on? There can be no other way to close. Picking the blues. I like that. Picking apart the blues. Picking the blues. No. It'll do. Pat, thank you for your generosity and your fun and sharing all that with us. It's been my pleasure. Brilliant.
Hopefully you enjoyed that big interview which was first released as an exclusive to our socios 12 months ago. If you'd like to get these interviews on the first day that they're available, it's time for you to join us, to become a socio, and for only £2.99 a month, you will get an exclusive big interview plus regular mini documentaries, not only all ad-free, but all featuring me and bringing you interesting, funny, and sometimes scandalous things from Spanish football. Go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter to unlock our entire archive. That means that once you join, you will have a treasure trove of interviews with funny, elite, interesting, revelatory top-class footballers. By joining us, you will help support this independent podcast. You will help to keep us on the road interviewing people and sending that content for your delectation. If you go to the gym, you'll be slimmer. If you've got a dog, he or she will thank you. If you've got a TV, you can turn it off and listen to this instead. 